0: you're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Some summertime speculations about assumptions many investors may be holding as summer comes to a close. We look forward to the autumn. Joining us now is Jim Paulson. He's Chief Investment Strategist and Economist at Wells Capital Management, based in Minneapolis. Jim, welcome back to the show.
1: Good afternoon, Kathleen.
0: Well, you know that it's almost state fair time here in Minnesota, and people like to, you know, devour wonderful deep-fried Snickers on a stick <laughs> and more, right? And so you just sit back and get a dose of sugar and, and think about what's going on in the market. If you, if you just look at the stock market broadly, it seems like a lot of people are, are still bullish, and uh, they feel that there's room for the S&P 500 to move higher. Are you on board with that, or do you have a, a little bit of a contrarian view in there?
1: Well, I am pretty much on board. I think um, I think stocks as a whole uh, might continue to go up. Um, I do like the international markets quite a bit and increasingly better than the United States market because I think that the primary catalyst underneath this rally, Kathleen, is fundamentally based, um, and that is I think we might be kind of en route here to the first sort of global economic bounce, where not necessarily we all grow so real fast or anything, but maybe we all bounce northward at the same time for one of the rare times in this recovery where that's occurred. And the reason that that is likely, I think, is because for the first time in this recovery, we have synchronized global economic policies. Everyone, everybody is pushing northward on the economic cycle from from China to Europe to Japan to Canada, Australia, to the United States. It's just across the globe. And and rather than being in conflict, all policies are aligned. And I think that might result in the first bounce in growth. And I think that's going to be good for stocks globally, but probably better for stocks away from the United States, given that the United States is going to face some full employment pressures.
2: But James Paulson, haven't central banks around the world been working to make this happen for almost a decade?
1: I disagree with that. Uh, that's where I do have a little contrarian view, I guess, Pim, in that, you know, if you think about it, the U.S. has persistently pushed upward on the global cycle since this recovery began, no doubt about that. But most of the time that we've been doing that, we've been in conflict with other major parts of the globe. So you've got to remember, Europe spent a good deal of time practicing fiscal austerity in this recovery. And it worked. It created another recession in the eurozone. Uh, Japan spent the better part of the first several years of this recovery hesitant to do about anything, just didn't really know what to do and sat frozen. It wasn't until the last couple of years they finally decided to start to expand their balance sheet. China, until about uh, the start of 2015, was trying to moderate its recovery, trying to slow itself down so it wouldn't overheat. So it's really only been the last 18 months, maybe a little longer, that you finally have Everyone pushing upward, and I would also argue that a lot of the resource based economies like Canada and Australia, they were feeling pretty buffered from the global malaise with oil prices and client prices doing so well until the summer of two thousand and fourteen, so they also weren 't very aggressive in pushing up, but now everybody is and I think what 's happened to your point, Pim, is everyone 's given up any hope that policy's going to work, and I think for the first time it might have its best shot of working.
0: The first time it might have its best shot of working because. Go ahead.
1: In terms of the policies, um, we're not pushing up in the United States while Europe's pushing down with fiscal austerity or with China's trying to moderate, for example. We are in concert with our policies, uh, not just any one policy, but you know, money supply, central balance sheets, uh, rate structures. Um, for the first time or in concert and all aimed at pushing upward on the cycle.
2: But why should having them all in concert necessarily change your view? I mean, if the United States has been trying to do this for at least five years, if not more, and what you're getting is under 2% growth in GDP, plus you're barely seeing any increase in wages, how do you measure that as being a move higher in the United States?
1: Well, I, I've written elsewhere, Pim, and I think you raise a good point. I'm not suggesting we're going to have, uh, you know, a blow-off growth in the I'm world. I'm just
2: talking over maybe even 3%, 4%. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, not 4 even. And I've written extensively about why, because the developed world has a lot of structural issues that prevents that. Primarily among them is aging demographics, which I think is holding back global growth Uh, dramatically and has been for a while. That's not going to go away anytime soon. But could we bounce from the uh, slightly above two-ish growth up towards high twos to three? I think we could. And it isn't so much that growth would be spectacular anywhere, but if we bounce from uh, two and a quarter to two and three quarters at the same time that Europe went from one and a half to two, same time that Japan went from zero to one, at the same time that China bottomed themselves out, and showed a little hiccup, and at the same time the resource-based economies arrested their declines, I think for the first time something would feel very different, and that is all markets around the globe would be rising simultaneously. If there's one primary reason that we haven't had a capital spending outbreak, I would argue it's because of the there's been the lack of a synchronized global bounce in activity, not, not so much the speed of it but just the lack thereof.
0: Okay. So, Jim, you're positive. Does that gives you some, some uh, wind in the sails of, of the U.S. stock market, possibly global equities. Let's turn to the bond market because it has confounded for, what, four or five years now all forecasts that yields had to move higher, right? Uh, hmm. Is this the year that they finally have to and will move higher? <laughs> and if so, why? I,
1: uh, uh, I, I think so, but... <laughs> But I'm as burned as the next guy in predicting higher rates. Um, I think a couple of things I noticed in that, We, I don't think the first synchronized policy stimulus is good for the bond market, ultimately, if it works, um, in that if it does lift boats across the globe simultaneously, I think the rate structure is you know, woefully too low and will have to readjust upward, so I anticipate that. Uh, I also think there's no one really left to anticipate. I mean, there's no one left expecting it anymore. We've all given up. Even if we kind of think that, we don't really bet on it because we've been wrong for so, so long. The other thing, as I notice is, you know, underneath this idea of global stagnation and nothing's ever going to work, if you look around the globe, core costs have already been rising uh, noticeably different in the last 18 months or so. Core inflation is up certainly in the United States as our wages uh, by the biggest amounts of the recovery for the most part. But if you look around the globe, core inflation is also up in the Eurozone, it's up in Japan, it's up in China, it's up in the United Kingdom from where it was um, uh, at its lows in this recovery. So against the backdrop of a collapse in commodity prices in the last two years, that has caught, captured everyone's attention, the headlines consumer price inflation numbers have been down, core inflation has already started to rise. And so uh, now that we're reviving commodity prices, some of the attention will return to these core costs and wages and core inflation already picking up. It wouldn't take much more, I don't think, to capture a lot of attention. If wage inflation at 26 six were to go up to 2.75 or 2.8, if core inflation at 2.3 were to go to 2.6, not very big moves. If that were to happen, I think it would gain a lot of attention from bond investors.
2: Jim Paulson, what area of the stock market outside the United States would you recommend that people pay attention
1: to? Well, I I really like both developed emerging markets, I guess emerging markets more than developed even, but... uh, you know I, I think these markets pim have been uh you know underperforming for several years, and by and large everyone's given up on them so Everyone is very much overweighted the United States. And as a result of that, if they start to outperform, which they have, by the way, emerging markets are beating the U.S. market year-to-date by a pretty good margin. Developed markets are trailing just barely now year-to-date. If they start to outperform, you're going to see a lot of portfolios have to weight more towards international markets because they're also woefully underweighted. Because they've underperformed, they've gotten to be much better relative values. They have... Companies that are in a much early part of earlier part of their earnings cycle compared to U.S. companies because their recoveries aren't as mature as ours, they're going to continue to have hospitable policy support where our Federal Reserve is going to is already starting to turn away uh, overall, and I think the dollar is already rolling over and is likely to weaken in the next few years as opposed to strengthen, and I think that favors. I you know I, I think a diversified emerging market bet across uh, Multiple regions makes the most sense. And then I'd also, I guess, my of the developed markets, I'd probably look at Eurozone as is, is one of my favorites.
0: Jim Paulson, thank you so very much for uh, giving us some um, food for thought as summer comes to a close. Maybe you'll be at a state fair and you'll be able to get one of those deep-fried Snickers and think about your investment strategy. I love it. He's bullish on U.S. stocks and European equities. says, central banks are in sync, and that could put wind in the equity market sales. This is Bloomberg.